You're listening to Robert Wright's Non-Zero Podcast. Hello, Mickey. Wait, where is Mickey? Mickey's not on the screen. There's a hand, a scary hand. This looks like a horror movie show. What is this, Bob? A claw. It's a a claw. claw. You're clawing back. You want to claw back the money that SBF something. You got it. That's good. That was good. I mean, here I am. It's the day after Thanksgiving. We should, you know, we deserve tremendous plaudits for even being here. You know, a lot of podcasters are just taking the week off. I know the Daily had one on how to cook a turkey. Yeah, like I, I suppose they recorded that like right before airing it. Right, that was that was probably last year's. Um, so this is gravy. Everything we're doing here is gravy, so to speak. <laughs> and it won't be the last Thanksgiving pun, folks. This is going to be great. Um, so uh, we're going beyond the call of duty here. We're very uh, proud of ourselves here. So, yeah. So I think I know what you mean, because uh, I noticed that uh, you, you know, motivated as you always are by your vendetta against Ben Smith, co-founder of Semaphore. Well, you've been well, demanding that Semaphore return the money that will not return the money. You don't want SBF to get it. This, But, but well, no. Sam Bankman freed crypto. Well, crypto, it, not criminal necessarily. You, crypto well, something. Yeah, I mean, invested in Semaphore. Yeah, yeah. The Sam Sam Bankman Fried is this guy who ran this crypto empire. I'm sure you've heard of him. He was a big donor to liberal causes, a practitioner of effective altruism, which seems to me you get rich and give your money away. I'm sure it's more nuanced than that. That's not the original idea. We can get to that. Yeah, I I was hoping you'd give me a better idea of what it is. Anyway, his empire collapsed. it's weird how it's this, the reporting of it has been immediately completely polarized so that, uh, uh, you know, people in, in in the media, at least, are uh, are saying, uh, well, maybe it was just like a run on the bank. OK, he just couldn't cover his desk. There was a run on the bank. Uh, you know, he collapsed. A lot of firms collapse like that. Uh, the uh, other people are pointing out that, A, uh, the main thing is. The reason this money was client money, it was supposed to be kept safe. Instead, he siphoned it off to his own investment firm, Alameda, to cover his own uh, investment losses. Uh, and, and so it's not just a run in the bank. There was no money in the bank because he had stolen it. OK, well, uh, Alameda was kind of a hedge fund. So yeah. I think I think he some of it went to pay out maybe uh, investors in Alameda who you know, it was a little little Madoff esque. We discussed this last week in the parrot room, but not in the public part of the podcast. But but yeah, he had but, these two entities. You know, yeah. he had the, the crypto exchange. The understanding was, although not the law because it's so unregulated, the he had assured people that basically there was, you know, for every dollar deposited in the crypto exchange, there was a dollar sitting there. Turned out to be true. What happened to the money? Went to Alameda, uh, and went bye bye. Yeah. Second second is he. Uh, he siphoned. He gave himself a loan of a billion dollars, yeah, and and five hundred million to somebody else. And sometimes you need so a this, billion. Have you you I have know. not had that feeling, Mickey? Uh, like I need a billion. And it was a I, privately held company. If I had a privately held company, I'd be like, I, it was privately held, right? This was not a public company. So you're thinking it's not like Tyco, where the guy bought himself a nine hundred dollar shower. Yeah, curtain there's and a big got- difference. If it's publicly held, you can't do stuff like that. You know. Also, it turns out there's a his parents, these Stanford, these upstanding Stanford law professors, and I'm not necessarily abusing upstanding, ironically, but 
they had a house in the Bahamas that was a, the deed is in their name. And now they're saying we're trying to find a way to return the deed, you know, to what's left of FTX, which means FTX bought them the house. But if it's a privately held company, I guess you can buy your parents a house with the company. What money. if it's I don't privately know. held, but he had partners who maybe not maybe didn't know about this self-dealing? No, it would have been considerate of him to share with them the fact that he had just taken a but billion I think they might have they might have legal grounds to yeah, uh, maybe they might. Uh, uh and the third thing is uh he created this uh this new coin FTT. Uh, right, which uh, and then it had, and then my impression is that Alameda then bought the coin, establishing a price. And then, if you multiply that price by the number of coins that the, uh, the his various organizations had, it made him look a lot a lot richer than he really was because it established basically a fake market price. So there, there, there's a lot of. I doubt uh, that's unique in the annals of recent Silicon right. Valley behavior. But, but go ahead. But there's a lot of wrongdoing anyway. So. Uh, or potential wrongdoing. So that leads to the uh, th that leads to Elon Musk and David Sachs and people associated with Musk to say no, the press is whitewashing him. Uh, you know, he they really th this wasn't just a simple run on the bank. Uh, and so that's the way it's polarized. Uh, and uh, whether or not there was and it's wrongdoing, partisan because SBF was a big Democratic donor, huge. Well, right, but he also donated to media organizations, well, uh, including including Semaphore. Yeah, he's one of the five principal investors, I think. And uh, so Musk charged that uh, that he was doing the bidding. Semaphore was doing the bidding of of uh, Samuel Bankman-Fried in their big scoop, which turned out to be probably almost certainly wrong, which was that Samuel Bankman-Fried actually owned a whole bunch of Twitter now. Because he had rolled over a previous. Well, investment. there's two. There's two parts of the scoop. Okay, so Elon Musk had said, "Yeah, I smelled a rat." You know, when I when SBF came to me and said, "Can I invest in Twitter?" I said, uh, "I said no," because I could. I, you know, I was skeptical of his whole thing. That's. I think that's when SBF came to him as a result of Will McCaskill's. Uh, uh, okay, but let me prompting to to be the co-owners of a new big Twitter, okay, not just invest in, but be the, it would be Musk well, and Samuel Bankman-Fried, well, and that's whoa, when whoa, Musk whoa. smelled the rat. I don't think he, he ever claimed he had $22 billion. I mean, first of all, what Musk said was, I was skeptical. I said, does this guy really have $3 billion? Well, if all he was offering to put in was $3 billion, that's not nearly half ownership. Anyway, back to the thing Semaphore got right, okay? Just just let me explain to people what happened. Before we get to you exercising your, your boundless vendetta, against Ben Smith, which is entertaining. I'm not, I'm not encouraging you to, to, I'll, you know, to end anyway. this war, but, but, uh, so Ben Smith, co-founder of Semaphore, Semaphore, this new media organization, which SBF was an investor in reported this week that although Musk claimed, you know, he, 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 uh, he saw right away that he should have nothing to do with SBF. Um, they came up with a text message, a text exchange, which apparently is valid and must have been leaked by SBF, right? It's it's it's. A text I, I assume I that's part of the polarization. I assume that SBF's allies are leaking to favorable media organizations, and Semaphore would be one of them. And 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 uh, although to be fair, I mean Semaphore is an equal opportunity leak recipient. You know, they just know news when they well, see most, it, and this was most news. journalists. Most journalists are. Yes. This was news, and 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 the news was. 
they had, it was either a phone text or Twitter DM exchange between Musk and SBF. SBF said, I, I own $100 million worth of Twitter stock. Can I roll that over into an investment into, twi- into your privately held Twitter? Musk said, sure. And that right. seemed to cast out on Musk's story. Now, what your point is, there was, what, Musk, a, what, was where's the contradiction? Separate, Musk was just referring apparently to a, first of all, it's not clear that this ever happened, right? It's not clear that, and you're saying- uh, Well, go go ahead, go to the second part of the story. Okay, the second we'll part. Talk about it. Apparently, there was a second thing where uh, SBF wanted to, to invest a lot more than 100 million in Twitter. And that's what Musk is saying, when Musk is saying he smelled a rat, and as for the hundred million, Musk is saying that never actually happened. Semaphore did report that it happened, and so far as I can tell, they reported that only on the basis of the fact that they had the text where Musk gave him permission to do it. They don't no. have any other documentation. No, no they have the, no. Oh, the they? second part. The second part is they reported that 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 uh, SBF actually went through and bought a chunk of a sizable chunk. They said in quotes of Musk's Twitter so that, in fact, despite Musk uh, casting aspersions on SPF, they were business partners and uh, and that, uh, you know, that uh, this this there was a, and the evidence for this was that they're in, on a balance sheet for SPF's firm, which is XFT or whatever the, 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 the firm showed uh, an investment in TWTR. OK, and and then. When, when but that's the and, stock of the publicly held company. That's the letters of the publicly held stock of a hundred million. That's a good point. Nobody picked that up. Maybe um, but why why is couldn't it be uh, couldn't it be uh, investment in in Musk company once it was private? I mean, who because knows? it doesn't go by call letters since it's privately held. Look, the the it, I think you're. I don't wait, think you're right. Wait, wait, I think I think the original Semaphore story was resting wait, its claim wait. that Musk owned. Uh, that that SBF owned some wait, of the new Twitter wait, totally on the basis of that text. Wait, no, no, no. They've then I'm calling they made it up, the claim. They made the claim, and they they said that there was this entry in the balance sheet, and then they rewrote the story to eliminate the asserting oh, oh. on themselves that uh, that Musk that SBF owned part of the new Twitter, uh, and said. He owns part of the new Twitter. If you look at this balance sheet, so they laid it off totally on the balance sheet. They blamed the balance sheet. Okay, uh, they, they and, and they backed off their claim that they were asserting it as if they checked out the balance sheet, which they obviously hadn't. Uh, so it's all down to this balance sheet, and the uh, the there there a couple of problems with the balance sheet. One, a lot of people say it's a bullshit balance sheet. Two, as you point out which I hadn't realized, maybe it was a leftover entry for public Twitter stock. Uh, and three, uh, they had issued their own coin, which was somehow linked to Twitter. Okay, it was like a Twitter-based coin. And the call letters for that were TWTR. So they Wait, could just... they could just have been, issued a Twitter coin? Yes, correct. So they may... They, they're links to it in my pieces, Bob, or the links to it in my Twitter feed uh, and other people's Twitter feed. Uh, and this is this is a guy named Bill Allison discovered this. OK, and he he's the main guy. He's a financial reporter. He links to this, too. But he cracked what I thought cracked the code, which is this was a reference not to Twitter stock, but to this Twitter coin that they issued. Uh, 
And and then that's what and it's it's call letters are TWTR, same call letters. Uh -huh. So that entry could just refer to this coin, uh, in which case Semaphore's story completely falls apart. That that part of the part of the story that says that SBF owns uh part of Musk's okay. Twitter and that they're business partners. And since Musk denied it, I think they gotta have something to go against the denial. Musk says SPF owns zero percent. He did not roll over his account. He also says that every, every shareholder in the public Twitter was invited to roll over their investment in, into the new Twitter because he was desperate for any yeah, money yeah. he could get. Okay, so it, it's not like it, it doesn't contradict the fact that he thought SPF was a fraud that he invited him to invest in Twitter. Yeah, and here from the Semaphore story, this kind of backs up your claim that maybe Bankman Fried aspired to own a huge chunk. Uh, so Will McCaskill, who's been on my podcast, the the EA uh, effective alter, altruist kind of uh, kind of the almost the leader, the, the most prominent figure, uh, said texted Musk saying it would quote be easy for Bankman Fried to commit up to three billion. Musk's banker Michael Grimes later added that Bankman Fried was in for five billion and possibly up to ten billion. Bankman Fried and Musk later spoke on the phone. Axios reported and soon before has confirmed. And after that conversation, which was a few days before the text message exchange, Bankman Fried opted not to invest. So they're not claiming all their all Simbafor is claiming happened is this hundred million, which is a drop in the bucket, and and apparently didn't right. Ever but happen. they called the hundred million a sizable chunk. Well, it's you know to to mortals like you and me, you know it would get. I would have to cut back on. Uh, some, if Twitter's some worth forty-four billion. hundred million is. If Twitter's worth forty-four billion, hundred million is not a sizable chunk. One man's sizable chunk is another man's. <laughs> you're getting desperate. See, this is polarized. <laughs> you're defending SBF, or maybe you just you're just antagonistic to me. But uh, as ever, it's not a sizable chunk. It's in all likelihood this semaphore is one of its first big scoops is bullshit. Okay, uh, and it's going to collapse and. They have to figure out like a house of to, cards. They, no, it's just going to. It was. It, it's a. It, there's only one card. They're basing it on this balance sheet, and if this balance sheet collapses, either in the way you suggested or the way Bill Allison suggested, it's collapsed. The SBF does not own part of Musk Twitter. Okay, and that's then, what they claim. And then, in your dreams, at least, all of Semaphore collapses. No. Ben Smith You're, is sued by Semaphore's no. uh, investors. No. Winds up in prison. <laughs> no, you are the no. prison warden. Oops, not, accidents happen that's, in prison. That's not, that's not how it happens. <laughs> how, it, how it happens is uh, that that they are in more trouble than uh, than just getting this big story wrong. That happens to everybody. The reporter does not seem to have been especially diligent, but there's mm -hmm. pressure. Like he, she didn't call Musk. Try to get Musk's view of things. Okay, I wouldn't either. It's the internet, but. They they have a big investment from SBF. So what are they worried about? Bob? Oh, uh, for people listening, Mickey is showing us the claw again. They're worried that the the creditors of SBF might claw back that investment, leaving Semaphore without a sizable chunk of its investment. Uh, perhaps SBF provide but, you know Semaphore won't say how much SBF gave it, but what if he gave half of their money? Then they lose half their money. It, they're in deep trouble. Is there any legal basis for that kind of thing? I mean, once I he's know. written a check, I, my well, impression well, made off. My who, impression, my impression is, the claw is pretty effective. That uh, you know, the Madoff's creditors didn't lose much money. 
They clawed it all back. I know. Who'd they claw it back from? Everybody. Everybody <laughs> being who? Who? I know, but I think you can you can do like amazing things with the claw. Well, I, what you know, do I know? Well, see, in Madoff's case, maybe it was the investors in the hedge fund who had gotten returns from the hedge fund. That's not really what happened in this case. That's not what happened. They were pe these were people who had chosen to buy in to invest in a hedge fund that itself turned out to be illicit. That's not what Semaphore did. Semaphore said, yeah, you want to invest in our company? Go ahead. You're investing in us. We're not investing in you. So it's a different relationship. Assuming that 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 the money in Madoff's case was clawed back from the I investors. I think if in Madoff bought a condo with his money, that could be clawed back. So if SPF buys part of Semaphore with his ill-gotten gains, that could be clawed back. I think. I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. So this I, is your dream, I, I, is that Ben Smith but, is merely impoverished and not he doesn't have to my go to dream my dream. my dream would be that semaphore collapses very quickly as people House realize a a a you know he's not he's not opting into serving an underserved market there's a financial times and the economist to serve elite business people and and b is just a dream of the, his partner justin smith uh it's an ego trip on justin smith's part and rich people may decide hey you know i don't really want to fund this ego trip since it's uh since it's going to cost a lot of money so um the creditors are not just the creditors of the Alameda hedge fund. Uh -huh. They're the people who bought the crypto that has disappeared in XTF. Okay. They're not just investors. They're people who were told we keep your crypto safe and need right. to keep it safe so they can claw back. I assume. Well, although I don't know that they are legally protected, he had made the claim on Twitter that we will not invest your money and maybe it made other claims that certainly suggested very strongly that for every dollar invested in the exchange, there'd be a dollar there if they ever wanted to get it back. They're not going to do anything with it. And, uh, you know, I don't know what the law is. It's just not a, it's not regulated like banks. And this was an offshore company. So I, I think my sense is what he is exposed to is just generic fraud law in the U.S. if U.S. prosecutors can ju get jurisdiction, which I have heard they probably can. But can or, cannot or can? Can. Yeah. That's the one interview I heard with somebody who seemed knowledgeable said, yeah, they can probably get jurisdiction. They didn't even mention that it would be generic fraud laws. That's my surmise. But Mickey, don't you think you should tell us why you have this, this vendetta against Ben Smith that keeps you up every night? <laughs> well, uh, I, I, you know, that was what I wanted to talk about next. Um, there are two Smiths who run this outfit semaphore. And again, this is sort of a sidelight to the SPF scandal. The main scandal is, uh, you know, is all the other people he invested in and all the other people he scammed. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, and the way it's been polarized and the. Uh, are you stalling? But, but No, no. But anyway, semaphore is, is part of the two Smiths. Ben Smith, who is a reporter, he did a very good job as the media columnist for the New York Times. He's a did good he, guy. Didn't he write a really good piece on you once? He's a nice guy. Well, be, and the second one is Justin Smith, who is a longtime publisher in the Atlantic magazine world who always wants to cater to the elite audience. He's most. Uh, he's you a know, velvet he's, rope guy, as you put it before. He's a velvet rope guy. OK, anyway, so. My main beef is actually with Justin Smith. I don't That's like such the, I don't like the That's no, such it, bullshit. I, wait, wait, wait. I read, I read the uh, Ben Smith wrote a hit piece on me for BuzzFeed. Thank you. Uh, and I went, I went, I reread it. You know, it's like it's like that dress. Remember that dress that was either blue or silver, the way it depending yeah. on how you looked at it. 
I read the piece yesterday. And it you seemed could either, fine. You could either say Mickey Kaus is totally crazy or just kind of crazy. It depends on how you read the piece. No, the piece, the piece was either the, 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 the if you just read the words of the piece and didn't go for the undertone, right? The words of the piece said Mickey Kaus, he's living in Venice, he's not really blogging anymore. Uh his friends think he's uh crazy. Uh no, what's the word? Kind there of crazy. Some, some word for out of his mind. Really, <laughs> really crazy. Uh anyway, he's um and they wish he'd go on to another topic from immigration. But, you know, this is why he's doing it. And, you know, he's drifting toward Trump. And yeah, and that's right. the way it is. OK, that the undercurrent was. And, and so you read that, you say, OK, I don't think he really got me. And he missed the big story, which not, was not that I was poor. It's that I didn't I wasn't I wasn't not writing my blog. I wasn't poor because I was not writing my blog. I was not writing my blog because I had inherited some money and I was not poor. OK, so it was like he right. completely got the main story. No, but Wrong. the story wasn't okay. about money. It was about you becoming a nutty Trump supporter, Mickey. But I hadn't become a nutty Trump supporter yet when he wrote it. Well, then it was I, I, it was I, precious. I, I was, so I was, we should I, give him credit. I, I we should be just, hailing him. We should be <laughs> celebrating Ben Smith. Anyway, you nailed the undercurrent. The, the, the undercurrent. Work. The undercurrent, which was the 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 cue to to his, uh, you know, left wing followers from BuzzFeed is Mickey Kaus is being punished for his incipient Trump support. By being poor and being forced to live, uh, you know, this he's at the end of his rope at the end of, at the end of the line in Venice, as 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 my my friend Ben said, it portrayed you as a racist dumpster diver. OK, <laughs> like, well, and, and so that yeah. people could people could like crow about how. But th that part and you're saying the they got part the, of the dumpster piece. diver part wrong. Yeah, they got that was the central part of the piece was how poor Mickey Kouse was, which I didn't pick up on every other time I read the piece. I don't pick up on that. But a lot of other people did. And uh, and and so that was the central theme of the piece. And it was 100 percent wrong. OK, so anyway, was, and, and, and the third paragraph says he has a small apartment in Venice and he has his battered Z car parked outside. The apartment, was a thousand, the apartment was a thousand square feet. That's in Venice. That's a big apartment. And uh, and uh, and the Z car was my second car, Bob. I had another car. So uh, you had two cars at the time. Yeah. One man, three, two actually. cars. You had three cars. What two and they? a half. I went my mother's old Volvo, my old Z car and the car I actually drove. Ooh, he really uh, missed a huge chunk of, <laughs> of you being a racist dumpster diver, man. He didn't mention the other two cars. Anyway, that so any, every other time I read the piece, I'm not I'm not that pissed at Ben Smith anymore. Uh the, the small apartment thing, which is it shows how he sort of makes up a fact to fill in a hole in his narrative since he didn't see the apartment. He saw the exterior. He didn't really know if it was small or not. But, hey, anything to anything to fill in the narrative. So that's the sort of sloppy journalist he is. He is a sloppy journalist, uh, as the semaphore thing shows. But he's not an evil journalist. He's not evil. Semaphore is evil because it's catering I, I, to an elite. I don't think he's particularly sloppy. Uh, I, I think he's very he has very good senses i think he's a very efficient journalist in that uh it's very efficient if you make up the facts and stick them in <laughs> that's that doesn't quite capture what i meant but it's pointing in that direction i mean you know these days the most successful people i think that this has been amplified since since our day in uh, old school journalism is people who on in the quantity quality trade-off 
focus on quantity. Of course, there's always the, also the fact that if you're not too too careful with getting every fact right, you know, you can sometimes come up with better stories. But I, I mean, he's done pretty good work, I think. He also and may he yeah. may piss off somebody who one day is going to get his revenge. One day, but I I don't know how much progress you're making. But so anyway, you think it's it's you're you're asserting it is a coincidence I, that this guy who did this hit piece on you is the co-founder of the company that you are now completely obsessed with, and you're the no, only person who's obsessed. I was, with. but I was obsessed with Justice Smith before before Ben. But um, the uh, no, I you know one of Ben's acolytes came up to me at a party and said, "So what's your reaction to the piece?" And I said, "I'll retaliate at a time and place of my own choosing." So this is and here we are. What, this is one of those times and places. But uh, you know, it's like it's like I it's I think it's a legitimate story, and and I'm a lazy person, and what motives me motivates me to get off my ass and write up a legitimate story is uh, revenge against this guy who wrote this ridiculous hit piece on me. Yeah, but that well, doesn't mean it's wrong. Well, if they asserted, and they do, that the, the, the sentence is still in their piece that he owns a sizable chunk of uh, the new Twitter. And I'm willing to grant them that 100 million is a sizable chunk, but it but it's starting to look like they can't even document that, and it's not the case, right? right? I think that's right. Well, they you but know they we need to find out. I mean, they need to they need to kind of fess up. If all they have is the documentation saying that Musk said it would be okay, no, they have the balance sheet. Yeah, but that, as we just said, that what is the? I mean, again, that he, is what they cite. If it's if it's a if it's if it's a weak support, I can't then find they, that then part they in the say piece that. right now, but. Look for the word sizable. The sentence runs on, and then it says sizable chunk according to a balance sheet. Uh, anyway, at least that last time I checked, it did. Uh, the they should also uh, tell the public how much of Stemmafor SBF owns. That would be useful information if you're being transparent. And the third thing is they have bigger problems to worry about, Bob, because of the claw. Yeah, I, they have bigger problems than just this uh, one piece being wrong. Okay, here we go. It says according to an F. Well, actually, this is better documentation than you suggested because it says according to an FTX balance sheet prepared after the takeover closed on October 28th and circulated to investors earlier this month, which listed Twitter. It doesn't use those call letters. It says which listed Twitter shares as no, a but quote. it did use those call letters. Well, maybe they've changed that because maybe it wasn't true. But here's the key part. No, I, here's the search key part. for the call, call letters. They'll be in the piece. Well, Go. maybe, but it, it it says which listed Twitter shares as a quote illiquid asset. Um, now, if there's still an asset, you know, stock is never an illiquid asset. You can sell stock if if it was the stock. Stock. Right, but I don't think it's stock. I think it's the crypto crypto coin that they minted, which is an illiquid asset, maybe. Uh, I don't get. Oh, this is too complicated. We've got about anyway, got about the, ten minutes left the, before we move on this, to the pair room. Let's this, talk this, about the, something else. The timing in the piece. Uh, we'll continue makes, this. In the vindicates pair room. Mu, vin, it, it. It sort of. Anyway, okay. We 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 we've got we've got it. You know, this is our our Thanksgiving edition, which we agreed would not exactly air on the long side. So before long, we're going we're going to adjourn to Patreon dot com slash Parrot Room. Continue various discussions, but what else were we going to talk about? I mean, there's Musk uh, himself. Can I just uh, and I, I do I, I, that is the second thing I wanted to talk about. Go ahead. And I, I you know, uh, here's my thing about Musk is, I mean, I just don't think he can have it both ways. 
you know, he, he can't say he's making a good faith effort to turn Twitter into a better town square and then use it as a pedestal uh, to exhibit his own ideology, often in sarcastic slashing terms, you know, because there's just a trade off between those two. It's Why going not? to. Oh, it- if he does a good job administering Twitter, he's allowed to his own pri- allowed his own private opinions. Well, I'm not saying we should put him in jail, Mickey. I'm saying, as a practical matter, as a practical matter, it's it's going to be harder to convince everyone on left and right uh, that Twitter is is uh, a fair place that lets all voices. I mean, we've already seen it happen on the other side uh, because. Uh, you know, the previous ownership was correctly identified as liberal, although God knows they didn't use it as an ideological pe- pe- uh, pedestal the way Musk is, and people on the right left. And, and they claimed that the content moderation was working against them. Maybe it was. But the point is, if the ref that you're working is constantly preaching one ideology, that's just going to exacerbate the problem of keeping well, people on board. Pro- and- I agree. It creates problems for him keeping the left. Left people on Twitter. Well, that's he part of it being a town square, isn't it? He shouldn't do it. Okay, well, he shouldn't chase saying. them away. But there, a lot of them, a lot of them are staying despite what he's what he's spouting. Actually, he, 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 two people who just left. Sam Harris deactivated his account. I mean, Sam's not exactly left left, but uh, and so did Claire Lehman, and that's an interesting case. I don't know uh, exactly what. Her you story. Sure? I think I thought Claire Lemon was suspended from Mastodon. Mm, no, I, I heard. Some, maybe you're right. Chris, I didn't, wait, wait. Chris Cavanaugh of Decoding the Gurus said that both of them were off. I don't know, but look, it's obviously there is tension between these two things. Yeah, wait, but here's here's my line. Here's here's my line. Okay, I'm giving it away for free, even though we're approaching the time limit. My big analogy, Bob. I uh, when when. When Musk took over Twitter, I I had this idea, uh, perhaps prompted by reading David Sachs's writings on this, that it was going to be sort of a formal First Amendment space. He was going to respect everybody's right to be on Twitter unless they did something that was, uh, you know, not constitutionally protected by the First Amendment. So like libel, if you libel the Sandy Hook right. parents, you can get kicked off. OK. Right. And and if you. uh if you if you incite actual physical harm against people, right. you could be kicked off. Okay, but um, other than that, if you're irresponsible or even if you're a racist, uh, you know you can't be kicked off. Uh, racism may be a gray area. Anyway, that's not what it is because obviously he does. If you attack Elon Musk, he may zap yeah, you. Like okay? Kathy Griffin or Griffith, the comedian, whatever her name is. She got right. kicked off for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. He, so he's so, now admitting, I'm going to be in the content moderation business. Well, right. so I'm, you're going to be, you know, well. I'm moving, the, I'm moving on to my second model for it, which is not a First Amendment public square. It is a Viennese coffee house, Bob. Hmm. Uh, the Viennese coffee houses were like this incredible social institution where, where, where you would, you know, you'd walk in the door and Freud would be there and Jung would be there, or maybe they were at different coffee houses, but, you know, and Kafka would pay a visit from Prague. And mm-hmm. it was a lot of intellectual ferment, people from, you know, communists, people from all, all political persuasions were hanging out and arguing with each other and having a great time. Okay. It was an incredible free speech space. Although presumably if you insulted the proprietor, he might kick you out. 
Okay, so Elon Musk is the the quirky, uh, uh, thin-skinned proprietor of a fabulous Viennese coffee house, and is generally the freest speech you can imagine. But every now and then, he kicks somebody out just for the hell of it. That's still a lot better than the old Twitter, which I think no, suppressed it's views, the same thing. It's, suppressed it's views the same the right. thing because the no, people who are going to criticize him. I mean, even if I accept that he would never let ideology infiltrate his judgment, but rather would stick with this incredibly petty juvenile criterion you described. I, I okay? don't think he, even though yeah, I give I him think, that much credit that, that he's just a juvenile, pathetic figure and not an actual and he's not going to certainly juvenile. He certainly is. You agree, right? You, you know that the Teslas are named Model S, E, X, and Y. Right. No, the, but I don't juvenile. mean the juvenile humor, which is annoying enough. <laughs> I mean the, the pettiness of, of suspending your critics. You're saying that your defense of him is that the only corruption of his speech policing will be that if you say something nasty about Elon Musk, you're out. Okay, well. You have to be out. But I'd yes. say, why should we think a, that that ideology would never infiltrate that, especially if if he's going to be uh, preening as a certain kind of ideologue, which clearly he's doing, and he's, he's just using it as a pedestal, and he's using Twitter as some kind of monument to himself, and he's clearly going to do that. Obviously, the critics are not going to be random with respect to ideology. They're going to tend to be of the opposing right, ideology. But I think if you don't criticize him personally, even if you're on the left, he's not going to zap you. If he starts zapping you, then this model doesn't apply. Well, Mickey, but, you, but I don't think he, I don't, I, there was one guy today who supposedly was on the left who was supposedly suspended. I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't know about that case, but if he starts suspending people on the left, uh, because, that's our 35 minute, uh, okay. that's our warning that we should if wrap he, it if up. He if he starts suspending people on the left, then the Viennese coffee house model won't apply. I'm just saying that that is the hope and it's so far the reality of the new Twitter. He hasn't suspended people on the left. Okay, he's he's I, he's written that, and and I don't think it has happened. And the advertisers, <laughs> the, the surest way for him to piss off advertisers is to start doing that. He 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 did something about Alexander Alexandria. I think we talked hey, about Ocasio Cortez, and he wrote he wrote. Let's face it, that was just an abuse of authority. Okay, so he admits it was just See, an abuse of authority. See, you find this amu as amusing as shit. That was funny. I don't. I don't. Well, it, because, because he said he was going to make it, uh, try to make it a town square. Either he was lying or he's got, like, problems in, in, inside his brain, like when he's, you know, establishing coherent thoughts. It's not what he, we thought it was going to be, but it's better than what was there before. And it still might work in, as the Viennese coffeehouse. Is it better yeah. than it was before from your point of view? Because you're with his ideology. Because I, I, I think the shadow banning, systematic shadow banning of people on the right has stopped. Maybe right, it and you're one of those. Maybe you're it happy. never existed. Maybe it ne never existed. I don't think it now, did. I don't think it did. Uh, I don't I think you imagine he said that. he's going to make it public. And, and so we'll see if I'm imagining things. Well, I hope, what, yeah. is he going to make his new algorithm public? Is he going to tell us exactly what blue check people get? He hasn't well, done I think it yet. The logic of that inevitably. Well, he hasn't figured it out yet. The logic of that is he has to make it transparent. Yeah. Well, maybe, I he'll, hope maybe so. he'll turn out to be a shit. He could turn out to be. Shit. I'm saying so far. OK, it's not what I thought, but it's OK. It's a lot better. Than, you uh, know, you're just you're just not seeing it from the other side. 
I, I at least I think I did see it from the other side in Jack Dorsey days. I understood what the grievance was, and I, I understood it had a kind of legitimacy. No, I think the left is so hysterical about losing their big advantage that they've and they need a villain after Trump that they've lit on Musk. Well, anyway, there's also the Joe point, Rogan. There's also the point that if he was serious about a healthy town square, he would be trying not to systematically alienate any ideology, which would mean shut the fuck up. I agree. He should, he should be doing a lot more sucking up to the left and a lot more publicizing of left people he has well, not taken down. We'll continue this uh, in the in the pair room. And I have more to say, uh, including that at a minimum, I wish he would uh, adopt the old fashioned policy of announcing new Twitter policies through an account that's called the Twitter account, because that way we could all mute him and block him and get him out of our fucking lives without worrying that we'd miss important news about Twitter. Yeah. You gave away the lead for free. That was my lead. Big mistake. You gave away your big rants. Maybe you have more rants. I, I'm not stopping. It's so annoying. It is okay. so annoying. Okay. Um, um, we will we will continue. Uh, I quickly on on you know on mm. Ukraine. I also want to talk about the uh, thing. I don't think we did. We talk much about the Polish missile last week, although it it just happened. I think we did. Well, I have more to say because I wrote a piece about it on Joe. And we'll, we'll talk about Ukraine a little in the parrot room. Patreon.com slash parrot. And look, I'm sorry. I get excited. I shouldn't get this excited. It's so, so annoying. annoying. Well, it, you know, he, he's he's just more like Trump than I had realized, which is why I, I, I want this policy of just mute him. Just just ignore him. But he, it's hard to ignore him because he's saying important things about the future of Twitter. From the same account. And I I, I I sort of find it half amusing, so it doesn't bother me at all. Of course you do. You're on his team. You're on his team ideologically. I understand that. But I, but I don't I, know what his team is. No, he's 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 certainly pro-immigration. I'm not on my team uh, No, but it's, there. The, it's, the, it's the suspended Trumpists and anti-woke people that he stands, he comes in defense of. Right, or... or anybody who's... Uh, anybody who's conservative and the woke police come after, yeah. Well, okay, that's you. Now, what police haven't come after me? Well, you claim nor, you've been shadow. You claim you've been shadow banned. That's your belief. It's I don't think it's true, but that's your belief. Uh, correct. Yeah, but that's, okay. that's I, I, I shadow banning is different. All from right, coming folks. After. And and finally, I would just uh, encourage us all to pause and reflect on all the things we have to be thankful for in this Thanksgiving holiday. <laughs> um. <laughs> yes. We'll do more of that. Uh, I actually have something to say about that, but I think I said it last week. But I'll say it again. About thanks? About gratitude? In the parrot room. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll see you there. Okay.